This is a podcast. <laughs> it's three in the pink. I'm Gemma Hatherill. I'm Roma Book. We should have picked a different name. I'm Absolute Witana. What's wrong with three in the pink? Oh, nothing. It's totally fine and a normal. I can absolutely put show. this on all CVs. You already have. I haven't. I've just put. I just haven't said what the name is. You're saying a little something. Is that something that should be so that it's Googleable? Yes. What? Yeah. Free ITP. I've not told my mum about it either. <laughs> well, I told my mum, but she didn't know. Three she was like, oh, that's nice. Toilet paper. Yeah, like, yeah, probably people, well, people of a mother's ilk would assume that it's just a cute. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Pink. She's not going to be like, oh, finger bashing. She's not going to be like, what a mistake. Three. That's going to work. I mean, other guests could just be four in this. In this oh, that's what you imagine. Oh. Yeah, we don't right. want any more than one in this thing. Oh, oh. look at those in our classic offensive. <laughs> you might want to find a little less a podcast that's a little less offensive. Less dangerous. A little less. Guys, we're living in outrage culture, okay? People are easily offended. They want to be keyboard warriors to minor internet fame. You little delicate snowflake. You guys may be out ready for this level of around that. <laughs> Frankenstein's. <laughs> Things that go bump in the night. <gasps> I was going to say we should post the link to that because we always reference things. I thought we did. did. Absolutely will not know. Oh, yeah. I, post, I posted have. the link already yes. on our yeah. Facebook page to yeah. you. Probably the best take on Ricky Gervais. Well, that alongside the one that is what's his chops? My dad's. Hmm? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's the one with Helen and Oh, Eric Andres. I'm saying it. That's also a good one. I'll post that one. Two best takes on Ricky Gervais. You're about to get a third. Third. What's the Third. lineup today, Gem? Ricky Gervais. We're going to talk about much. Ricky Gervais and how he's a master of the form. Yeah. Uh, well, he's killing the game. Voice of generation, except he's that killing. generation died about years yeah. ago. <laughs> yes. He's killing the game if it was 1972. Yeah. But it isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also going to talk about Cambridge Analytica. Mmm. Hard nosed. Roll up your sleeves, Sorry, guys. Is Christopher Wiley is analysis. definitely like. Who that's knows? what. Christopher Wiley. Yeah. I didn't just hit the, the pink name. I know who he is. I just didn't hear what you said. He's gonna. He's gonna be like the look for twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. He already is. Isn't he wearing yeah. Yeezys in that shot? I think so. He's wearing a T-shirt that says like pleasure, 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 and like all this death on it. Yeah, it's like we get it. You're Did you read his like bio? We'll talk about that later. He looks like he belongs in a super deluxe video. Who does? Who wants that? Is that Drag oh, Race? What's that? <laughs> no. What is it? Internet. It's the internet. Yeah, that, oh. that, that channel where they kind of post. They're like, stuff. press heart and we'll feed this hipster a sandwich that's got pickled fish in it. What's this? And then everyone votes. And they're like, what should we put it's on this a, bagel? Should we put shit on this bagel? Should we put literal like shit on this bagel? That's the Oh, really? I didn't. I don't like, know. You do know. You you will know when you see videos of. It's like, that. just it's like a fart on the internet. <laughs> it went too far. It's just like. I thought that was Ricky Gervais. Oh. Just putting different weird foods together and then making people eat them. Yeah. And then like dreading. Remember they dreaded that white guy's hair. Yeah, and then they they post a lot of shit and then like, tutorials that are like futurable, which is like you know DIY create your own tooth gap like Madonna. <laughs> and then people post it and they're like, oh my god, this is disgusting! And everyone in the comments is like, oh my god, it's satire. <laughs> that sounds worse than this podcast. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's saying something. Mm, it actually, maybe is worse than this podcast. Um, I've, yeah. Anyway, well, Ricky Gervais, what was your, your favourite joke from the Ricky Gervais special? Spoiler alert! When he 
That's actually funny because we didn't get to the end. (laughs) I feel like that's ammunition against having a legitimate opinion because people are always like, did you watch it? It's like, I watched 60 minutes of it. I was was so thoroughly bored. I mean, which of the chimp thing? I got through it. Mm. It's not like, again, the whole offense to you <laughs> guys you might want to go find another special yeah so it's, it's not it's a little I'm, more tame it's not the thing like, is it's, it's not offensive not it's just offensive. not funny it's like, just boring make oh, a yeah, joke like, make one joke it's like Jimmy Carr's humor it's just not it's it's not offensive it's so, so yeah like I'm gonna spend ten minutes pretending to be different types of dog Oh, that was so embarrassing. That's like something a that like a kid would do at like their primary seven talent show. Like I can pretend to be ten different types of dog, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh, that's really funny." So to uh, provide some context, I guess uh, Ricky Gervais released his little seven year in the making special. Oh, and you seven can years. tell seven long years slaving away. Humanity released on Netflix. Um, Paid a modest forty million dollars for seventy-eight minutes of content. Mm-hmm. We um, were saying just before we recorded the show that if every person that had been way more funny than Ricky Gervais on Twitter at, about the show mm-hmm. afterwards got an equal split of about forty million, we'd probably be looking at a good hundred yeah. quid each, hundred quid each, I mean, thousand pound each. It's the why is anybody good. getting paid that much money for anything? Yeah, I would say if it's a if it's a comedy special. I would say that I would. It's not valued. Just so imagine much. the kind of. I would want my money back. Who's were forty I paying, million dollars for? Were I paying for a comedy special? Imagine the kind of person who pays a ticket to go and see Ricky Gervais. Oh, cousin, they're the kind of person that whoops when he makes a joke him. about black people not being in Hampstead unless they're thieves. Somebody whooped. I in think the he was trying to joke about Hampstead, Hampstead being. Turn your phone off. Just but the thing up. is, though, even Rides any up. any <laughs> off, maybe any kind that was of going off all through the last recording. Any attempt that he makes at being self-conscious or <clears throat> aware just comes across as him being really smug and somehow. That the, I think the problem is that he's trying to make these sort of jokes that seem self-aware, but that he's doing them in a way that he's still making the joke at mm. the expense. He's trying to do the punching up thing. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing. He's trying to act like he's he knows so much about sort of identity politics and all this kind of stuff, but in doing so, he's still making the jokes that people are offended by or annoyed about. I feel like he's still about. trying to. He's trying to make, do what Dave Chappelle did. I think he's trying to make punching down funny and smart, like trying to justify why it still is funny to say things about certain taboo subjects, like trans trans people or. Uh, dogs <laughs> the thing no. is it is possible to, it's possible <laughs> to make jokes about I, about gut. people or about offensive things it's possible to make jokes that aren't offensive and yeah. that is true but the problem is and that is he is not doing that he isn't making is, those jokes this is a conversation that we've had about comedy and about humor mm. years ago when people were making rape jokes yeah and we've already uh, collectively decided that you can make a funny rape joke, and this is just—it's just old. Mm. Yeah. And and he should have—he should know better. He should be able to get get humour, glean humour from that yeah. kind of thing. Does he really think no one's ever compared trans people to chimps before? Yeah. Does he really think that that's like such yeah. a hot take that we like, need to he's, hear? It? He's—he's—he is often described in his most recent reviews too as like being a brilliant genius a master of the form blah 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 but his his the leap of you can transition genders so you can therefore what if you transitioned species the best comedy by definition is is based on surprise the thing that makes a joke is yeah. essentially something surprising something you didn't expect which I think is the reason why punch down humour. Actually, that isn't true because this whole 
kind of moralizing about comedy I don't like either. I don't like some of the, pe- the some of the attitudes that he's critiquing. It's just that he's not critiquing he's not in a critiquing funny or way. So some of the moralizing about uh, so saying like to punch down is always oh no. Sometimes it's funny. I so it depends on the context. Yeah, like Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. it does it well. Or punching yeah. you know horizontally whatever. But <laughs> or whatever is it, it is. Is it an uppercut or yeah. is it a jab or a cross? Yeah. <laughs> a jab cross jab. It's one of those whoop. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the problem is that he he's obviously made the connection that you you can make jokes about these things and that it's funny, but he's not quite got to the stage where he is attempting to make a joke. He's just he's just saying jokes. He's just yeah. This is the main qualm I have with it is that I sat through it and I genuinely sat down and I was like, okay, I'm I know that this is meant to be shit or offensive or whatever but I'm open to at least like hearing what the structure of his jokes is or what his jokes are going to be like because I've never watched one of his comedy specials before and I, he just there was nothing even with the cadence of a joke there was some sort of what about when he goes brilliant he's like <laughs> right what, what do you mean what's that about what's that about or when, when he'd like dead named Caitlyn Jenner just... ten times in a minute and it's like the act of doing that is not in itself a joke nor is it radical. Of, no, it's not radical. Uh, or it, kind of controversial. Controversial. Many years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. what you're saying, so, right? Is, uh, is like, uh, God? Yeah. 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 God. Created like, God. Like, it was, like, it was, like, it was like, years, years ago, right? Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so get this, right? So, <laughs> so he's, so he's like, Rottweilers. This is your job. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. And he goes, the opens. This yeah. joke that he opens especially with, oh this, God, this joke about dogs, <laughs> different breeds of dogs, and which God assigning each dog its role. And what's, it's, the, what's the punchline? What's the punchline? It was the one that was going to have a lion. The punchline is literally, oh, what? What the fuck? That's the punchline. Um, like a dog it's about how a, so what's the what's the breed of dogs I that has know. to find dead bodies. So every, every, all, all these dogs, he goes through an endless list of dogs that get cute little jobs like finding, I don't know, cupcakes or whatever. And then he like potters down, and then he goes down the stage the, pretending to be said animal. Like, and then it's the big reveal. Rottweiler, you have to fight lions. What is the punchline? Big laugh. Big cheer. Yeah. They did laugh. So too. it made yeah. me think that there was kind of laughter. It was yeah. Like I mean, probably. I, I mean, maybe it's just the people that paid to be there felt like they wanted to get their money's worth. <laughs> the biggest issue. <laughs> the issues I think are twofold. They're or perhaps twofold. Threefold. One of them is that this style of comedy isn't. It looks so dated yeah. right now yeah. because that that kind of nineties comedy, some of which I love, I yeah. grew up watching. Chris Rock's, your Eddie Murphy's, your Robin Williams, mm. and, yeah. uh, that walking around going, "What is it with that, mm. ladies? Yeah. All right," and then everyone screams. Yeah. That has had its time, I think. Yeah. And furthermore, it's only worthwhile if you're actually of, making yeah. some sort of insight. The style of that comedy wherein there is a person on stage breaking taboos, stalking around, yeah. kind of uh, lawlessly, and sort of Bill Hicksing his way through a set, mm. has sort of become so bastardised that there's no there's no authenticity in that form of comedy anymore. Yeah. So there was a point where that was new and that hadn't happened before and someone didn't didn't someone got on someone hadn't just got on stage and like spoken the truth about society yeah. and culture and liberals and men and women and all that stuff stuff. But people have now and the form requires a change yeah. and a more imaginative What I find bizarre it's not it's not even that he's sort of doing this style that's quite old fashioned. But the it, the actual jokes, mm. it is it yeah. is, and it's not even that the jokes are old fashioned, but it is as though they are plucked from the past. Yeah, the jokes themselves, yeah. and also even if he were to try and tackle these subjects in a way that was funny, who is Ricky Gervais to say anything or have any sort of insight about gender, about race, yeah. about dogs? Well, who is he to say anything about any of these yeah, things? Yeah, I think people like Dave Chappelle have. Yeah, well, you're never going to have like an attachment the... to the joke or the subject of the joke. You're never going to find it funny because he doesn't even know really what he's talking about. He doesn't no. really have any sort of 
insight to give. And cr- crucially, I think, the thing to remember about his career is that he was a like middling radio DJ yeah. and a podcast host, uh, always buoyed by Stephen Merchant, who they had to like hire, they had to hire him an assistant when he had an extra fun show because he was so lazy and slovenly that he wouldn't do his job. So they found someone studious and responsible mm-hmm. to help him do his job, which is Stephen Merchant. They started writing together. Stephen Merchant is like so obviously the brains and the heart behind mm-hmm. The yeah. Office mm-hmm. and Extras, which are two like incomparable works of comedy. I think they're amazing. Well, no one is a genius, but you know. Um, I've never so seen his. As far as I remember, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it stood the test of time. I think it would. But so he was a radio DJ, and then they wrote this script for The Office, and they pitched mm-hmm. it to the BBC, and they made The Office. But never did he do the sort of hard time for no. stand-up comedy that you have to do to get really good at it. Chris Rock did the circuit for like ten years. Louis yeah. C.K. was like doing comedy for like twenty-five years. Like, like he didn't do. He isn't a really a stand-up comic, and I think yeah. it shows. I yeah. think it shows if you're a stand-up com- comic, you have to have that ability to read a room, to not be as preachy as he is, to have a that kind of individual take that's been honed over years. His, his, his humor is very. He it's, just it's hasn't like, done it's, that. It's like a like embarrassing dad humor. It's like, like yeah. overhearing After, someone in the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how he tweeted that. So he made that whole like comparison with chimps. Like that, and then he put he tweeted a picture. <laughs> yeah, oh, and then he tweeted thing. a picture of like a chimp laying back, being like, "I'm just you yeah, know loving watching what reading all yes. the all the tweets about hashtag humanity." Yeah, are you my dad? Yeah. <laughs> Not my dad, but are you that. you know. And he had a joke about that was probably the funniest bit. It wasn't funny. The bit where he's talking about how if he had a kid, it would be like a hamstered cunt. That was the only yeah kind of. Because just but even that, even he, that the problem was, was that there genuinely could have been a joke in that, mm. and the problem was again he didn't actually make a joke. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is like when you see somebody getting paid forty million for a comedy special, and you like that, and you compare it to say if like Stuart Lee did a comedy special, and you've got someone who's a comedian who's done it for a long time, and they really like they're kind of creating a world over the course of an hour which brings you back mm. to certain topics mm. and kind of brings you back around and sends you in the opposite direction and mm. they kind of he plays with you and he plays with you on, on this kind mm. of story or a journey mm. do you know what I mean yeah. though like, it's just very yeah. nice it's, and dumb. it's great it's when you're clever. yeah it's great when you're like watching yeah. comedy and they bring something back from earlier in the show and they make yeah, it he's funny he's an again. artist you know he's treating it like art like he's yeah. of comics typically uh mine their personal lives and experiences mm. and their and their outlook they mine that stuff yeah. for for the most compelling comedy is yeah. like the most personal comedy so like specials where it gets really um real in terms of like their <laughs> yeah it doesn't like louis ck yeah. famously was a middling comedian and writer until he started talking about like how he actually felt about having kids yeah. and parenting and his wife and just kind of admitting that sometimes he hates his kids like he loves yeah. his kids and there's this I don't think that Ricky Gervais has the depth or no. the lack the of ego I don't that think he has, doesn't have the range yeah he doesn't have the range and he doesn't have the <coughs> he doesn't have the lack of ego or maybe it's super ego to yeah. to to get to make himself vulnerable in front yeah. of an audience, yeah, which is no what you need to do. There. No. He's not playing with the so, room. He's not like he's not playing even with the topic. It's yeah. purely he he needs to make to say something, and you need to find it funny. Yeah, because it's sort of he needs it to bolster Hence his the ego. The pub guy thing. The pub guy yeah. thing isn't just a frivolous comparison. No. That brings us to the, the, the other thing about his. Uh, for not understanding comedy, explaining his jokes that he's told on Twitter mm. and explaining why they're funny and explaining what a joke is, airing petty grievances, calling Signing out pe- people that don't have yeah. any followers them on Twitter two years later and he's like, yeah. oh, I don't care because she had 20 followers. Like You've just mentioned her in your Netflix special. Yeah. The, 
this like, this paper thin skinned yeah. guy talking about the necessity like, of free speech. Or like a guy at a party being like, uh, I totally own these trolls. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like you have an unimaginable power and clout, yeah. and you are spending your forty million dollars worth of of stage time talking about these, in your words, nobodies who mean nothing to you, but they get ten minutes of your act. Your act which you could dedicate to talking about all these other issues that you apparently care about so much. Then he's talking, and there's this horrible, like, really ugly snobbery to the way mm. that he critique, like, critiques I mean, these, that's, these 23 that's followers. That's kind of exactly yeah. like, the fact that he's, like, such a, a proud atheist. It's only a proud fucking atheist who would, like, think about <laughs> himself in that way. Yeah, right? exactly. So fucking yeah. smug. A tweet, good, so many good tweets yeah. about this. One of my favourite. Uh, from some grey bloke. People are so easily offended these days. That's why I only ever make jokes at the expense of white men whose thick skins and calmly rational attitudes make them impossible to upset. <laughs> <laughs> Consider yourself a red or a <laughs> I, I also just like, I resent even having to explain. I thought this, like you said about, remember around the rape joke period? Mm. That was kind of, I thought when well, we had these conversations yeah. about the subject of a joke, we put that to just bed. like intent yeah. and subject matter and you know, we put that to bed and then the we didn't about? touch them without a consent moment. They pulled up the Insta, uh, got consent? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm just on Instagram. I can. Got consent? Instagram is owned <laughs> by consent Facebook. Consent is sexy. Yeah, right. Consexy. It's kind of like when there was the, the breast cancer campaign that was like, tits are sexy. Oh, yeah. Or like, yeah. save tits. Yeah, and it's don't chop them off, ladies. It's really not about that, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dear. So, um, five stars yeah. from me. Yeah. Five stars think... from the entire media for some fucking reason. We were reading, like, you know, and you see something yeah. that you think is unanimously bad. And again, yeah. not in a, in, a, in a, like, SJW, I'm yeah. offended no. way. Not, not but just in a, I haven't laughed for half yeah. an hour and I'm hungover yeah. and I need a laugh. Sometimes maybe. I watch I'm like, quick to laugh when I'm hungover. Yeah. Comedians yeah. that, like, make... I'm a giggly yeah. little cat person when I'm hungover. Comedians yeah. that, like, make kind of offensive jokes and you find yourself sort of laughing at them despite yourself like like, you know, Dave, Chappelle. like Dave Chappelle like yeah. Frankie Boyle Bill like Burr. Louis CK like Bo Burnham like you there are those people where you're laughing and Bo you're Burnham's like oh, very oh I shouldn't like laugh at the subject of this joke <laughs> but they like, can at least they can craft a joke mm, Ricky Gervais is like Amy Schumer style humor right <gasps> I wanted to like her for so when long she's just you know? like ha, 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 my vagina right she's, she's like I'm so like, fat and I'm I was a size like, 10. Oh, uh, Did you see fucking black guys? Yeah. That's how you Dicks. I, I actually watched her um, special, or tried to. I actually right? did watch it all. Um, where she the leather special mm. uh, because I'd got Netflix the free trial because mm. I wanted to watch the two new Dave Chappelle things. This mm. is a few months ago. And then I had. No, I wasn't. I had no interest in watching anything else on Netflix. So I was like, I have this free thing for a whole other month now. What am I gonna do? Could not find anything to watch. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this same machine. The same machine. There's loads of really good documentaries about Nazi gold. Yeah, I had didn't really do my research. I just was like, I don't want to watch any of these sitcoms. Yeah. So Netflix must suck. Um, and it's bad. Like the Amy Schumer She's, she just keeps, she just does that kind of like, what? like just makes those stupid noises and like romps around the stage. Yeah. It is, I used to defend her because I used to think that some of her sketches were funny. I thought she was kind of astute and given a hard ride. Yeah. But uh, again, her comedy itself is all about getting a hard is ride. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, a lot of what we joke about is dicks, but yeah, but at least they're she, jokes. I feel like she, she used to be... <laughs> just bring back like, comedians that make jokes. Your jokes can just, who just are funny. Yeah. Your jokes can be about sex, but your joke can't just be sex. Yeah. The future is like Eric Andre, Jared Carmichael, Bo... Bo I'm Bo saying it. Kate Burlap, John... John, John, John Early. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. My mother-in-law came town this weekend. She's gonna Everybody, do three things before she leaves. Okay, if you do, one. If you've got this far into the show, YouTube John Early the characters oh, and watch Vicky. the clip, the Vicky clip. Vicky. It will change your life. And then follow him on Twitter. Watch everything he's ever done. Oh, he's criminally overlooked. Bye, right bitch. He's also 
He'll get there. He'll get At there. But this is why I can, this Instagram is the stuff that Twitter makes me the time. like this is I maybe because maybe it's like sub, I mean obviously comedy is subjective, but maybe it's just changing it, when you're like as your mind grows, maybe the stuff that you find funny. Because the stuff I, that they do is like so they do characters. See, because like, he he does this like John Early. yeah, John Early does this kind of John um, Early. Incredible character comedian. Yeah, he does yeah, a he, really good not... impression of Britney Spears, and it's it's almost more the way that he is uh, like he's getting a, uh, he's getting a person so on the nose and kind of exposing their sort of insecurities, mm-hmm. and it, in a way that is just like it's so amazing. And he's not doing it in a heavy-handed way, but you can like you can see it in his eyes. This is exactly the issue. I think this is this is why Ricky Gervais and his ilk, not just him feel so dated because I think the stuff that really resonates now is experiential comedy like mm. like so I was listening to John Early on a podcast and um, he's been asked I think the host was like why are you so funny like because uh, you don't tell jokes cause yeah. he, but what is it about and John Early was saying like he doesn't tell jokes he doesn't really even like jokes yeah. but this observation he likes he likes desperation mm. he likes delusion he likes to play with kind of uh performance and like all of that well, it's because like the, we are the such bit a, like, he does with um kate berlant on yeah, the tonight the show pack, there's, yeah. there's a 10 minute or a six minute yeah. bit and the whole bit is that they're introducing themselves and they get carried yeah, away and they don't actually do any comedy yeah. they don't actually do anything but it in itself is like a really beautiful five minutes of yeah really funny shit yeah that um like Eric Andre, Bo Burnham, like mm. people who are I wish less of these were American, but whatever. Um the the comedy is 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 more about Limmy. Limmy. Yeah, like yes. yeah, it's about like it's like it's <laughs> about it how confu the it's trying to dissect some of the confusion of what it this being alive right now means because it's too confusing to be summed up by a guy in a black t shirt. Mm and a dirty jeans on a stage going like what does it do because things are too confusing so you need you need more elements than yeah. just a mic and the truth or whatever it's mm-hmm. like how punk rock just wasn't enough anymore after a while mm-hmm. and things need to develop like Bo Burnham's doing he's playing a character and he's singing songs and he's doing bits as well mm-hmm. and the songs have like seven different layers or like Eric Andre is just pure nihilism. Yeah. I saw Bo Burnham on my 20th birthday which coincidentally was also Bo Burnham's 20th birthday. He played yeah. at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and it was so, it was so like there was something about it that was so pure and also yeah. to be like the same age as someone who was kind of coming up into like a new mm. breed of comedy. Uh, I also saw, saw Flight of the Concords last week and that's a similar thing. Yeah. Where yeah. it's that kind of new generation of sort of self-aware comedy and experiential comedy, like you're saying, and kind of making light of where we find ourselves like now in society, yeah. but in a way that is sort of touching as well as being funny and it's insightful, yeah, and it's it's telling and it's not just kind of pointing and laughing at something. Exactly, it's not kind of a I'm laughing at something from the outside. Yeah. We are inundated with so much stimulus and we're so aware like we have too much information too early on and we're everything that we do we're aware of the like six different ways in which it can be interpreted and that changes our behavior and that makes us kind of more self-aware more ironic but also more yearning for sincerity there's this like contradiction it's very characteristic of like our specific generation and it will it's it genuinely is why if the if, if if the last two years hadn't have happened politically, I'm sure that we would have. I, I probably would have found humanity the special. Mm. I probably would have been like I get it. I wouldn't have been quite so like what the fuck. But I have. It connect- seems so particularly dated. Yeah, but it would be a dated. I've never found any of his specials that funny. I think yeah. his I think his work on The Office and Extras and. See, his stuff on The Office is that. That's that's Steve Coogan. Yeah, but that's that. The reason why that was funny is because he's playing a fucking dick. Yeah, it's like an Alan Partridge. The problem, yeah, the problem is that he is that person. It's a specific style. Yeah, if Steve Coogan was Alan Partridge, it would sort of be sad. Yeah, and he wants to, like it was pointed out in one of the reviews, that he wants to be considered 
he wants everyone to know it's a character that he yeah. can always hide behind. Oh, I'm just playing a character, which is someone who I was texting with mm. mentioned that as a defense too. Always oh, playing a character. It's like being thirteen. You're but, thirteen, and someone finds your live journal at yeah. high school, and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you said all this stuff on your live journal." And you're like, "It was all a social experiment. It yeah. wasn't real. I didn't really mean it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened so many times in my high school. But that whole thing of like being kind of childish and being like, I, "It's not real. I didn't mean it." Yeah. But also he's he's clamoring to be he's clamoring to be taken seriously, isn't he? Yeah. He wants to be taken seriously, but he wants to have that get out clause. Get out. For like when it inevitably goes tits yeah. up. He's yeah. like it you know, me. take me seriously as a comedian, but don't take me seriously as like a person or a human. No, or... I'm a chip. <laughs> there are points where he he does he wants the audience to have sympathy for him. Though yeah. he doesn't actually want to be considered an asshole. Mm. And like it's kind of like someone like Bill Burr, who, in my opinion, does kind of overdue comedy. <laughs> he does it he because he commits to his bit, and mm. there is a sense with him where it's like I'm saying this. And you either get that I'm just voicing the worst parts of myself yeah. and that I'm actually have good intentions or maybe I don't mm. and I'm just trying to be human with you right now or you don't get that. Yeah. And you can take my like ridiculously aggressive Boston accent and bald head and big shoulders demeanor. You can take yeah. that at face value and can take consider me like a patriarch or you can listen, get what I'm doing up yeah. But that like lack of a compromise, it makes you respect them more. Yeah. So even if you don't like it, mm. you get it. There's this thing with Ricky Gervais, he wants to be considered one of the like comedy greats. Yeah. You know, or like but his he's not sacrificing enough of himself, yeah. you know, he's too Who he, are He's like, yeah. I'm so offensive, but I won't give up any I won't make myself yeah. vulnerable to you. You have any to like way. frustrate yourself what do we a have? lot of the time for comedy. Have you ever seen frustration. Have you ever seen uh Limmy on Vine? I think so. For people that so. are listening that maybe aren't from Scotland, I don't really know what Limmy's reputation is outside of Scotland. Uh, Fuck anything that isn't Scotland. I would definitely recommend more so than his TV show if you YouTube search Limmy Vines and you watch like a compilation of his vines and it is incredible. So he's got three, well, there's one that's 30 minutes long and it's 300 six second clips all of like some recurring characters, some completely independent characters and in that six seconds he manages to like prostrate himself and like say something really real about like real people from Glasgow and like it's equal parts like touching and horrifying and hilarious and sad and dark and like as he's a former alcoholic and he plays a lot of like alcoholic and drugs no, I don't because it's like got a series of like short stories, and a lot of them are really sad. Oh, yeah, yeah he's a he's a really like sad yeah. guy who's like struggled with depression and alcoholism, and really that kind of puts yeah. that puts that those characters that like really into perspective and makes them just so like the, touching. The sketch when he's in the party, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that one is so. That one isn't again. It's. Like you said, it, he struggled. Like one, you can tell in the sketches. Like that's not like lol. Remember when you get fucked? That's yeah. like that's coming like, from a real. Place. Yeah, it's like like that leakest dark in your life. Yeah, weird and like it's just so disorient. Those moments aren't fun. They're like disorienting and weird and embarrassing from the outside. Yeah. and like not really to be looked at on as like a oh my god when we got super fucked and we yeah, were just not like, like toilet for half an hour I'm like, I feel oh. when yeah <laughs> so relatable yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I think he's a underrated hugely underrated comedian yeah. I don't think his TV series that was on BBC Scotland really did yeah. him enough credit but I do kind of feel like he, he almost works best in these really small little snippets really where he can just sort of introduce yeah. a character and make you feel something in the course of like a few seconds and then just dip back out he mm. does that so well i think he he could definitely be given a, a show now i yeah. think he suits this age better than people just don't like scottish accents you don't understand them and so it doesn't have like worth like worldwide appeal which is ridiculous but his impression of the glasgow uni accent is so fucking mm. funny i think that some of this uh some of the way that the culture is changing is because it's a, we're sort of obsessed with authenticity and it's a lot harder to fool people. Mm. We're all like authenticity detectives. Yeah. Now we know when someone's faking it. Yeah. And uh, a lot of like eighties, nineties, seventies performance yeah. was like TV was a charade and yeah. it wasn't very like 
sophisticated yet. Yeah. And so you could like you could go on top of the pops and mime, for example, and everyone would just take it as a given. Whereas now, like, you need to be singing, like, we need yeah. to be communicating something real, or we don't fucking care. And we can tell that we can tell when something is is a performance yeah. because we're all performing all the time. Yeah. We know exactly what's a performance and what's a genuine communication. And I so hate comedy for a long time. Because yeah. I felt like I couldn't I couldn't sit and enjoy it without being sort of so engrossed in just like seeing the moments where they were like hit this point, hit this point, hit this point, laugh, bring it back. And you could like you, you could see us, like, the sort of you could see the kind of sums adding up and you were just like, I know yeah. too well what is happening yeah. here. Like it's again comedy is a surprise a joke is yeah. a surprise and if the format is like you guys ever go to supermarkets? <laughs> <laughs> what is it with uh, peanut allergies mm. on planes? I'm racking my brain. Right? I, I can't, I can't eat peanuts on a plane. I didn't get to that part. Oh my god, he basically was just like saying that he wanted to bring his own peanuts on a plane to kill some girl that had peanut allergies because not he was so he, he was so annoyed about having not being not able to have peanuts on a plane. And on his first class, joke? he said on like his first class, ten like, minutes. Right, because that's something that you could say. Maybe it, you could put it on Twitter and Less it might. Than also, might like are it. we still yeah. doing airplane <laughs> comedy? Like we're doing air, we're doing and also air, like nut allergy comedy. <laughs> Not allergy comedy. It's not for me. <laughs> but like that between it's some like Roy Chubby Brown nonsense about like around. black guys and and trans people. I've probably got some good jokes in me about carrying her friends around. Yeah. yeah, you could do a better joke than him. I yeah. don't know now because it would probably how, be a, it would have at least the cadence of a joke. How if I if I kill myself and then I was found, you'd just find like a Twix wrapper. <laughs> no, a Snickers wrapper. You know, how did she do it? Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Snickers slogan? Forty million dollars. <laughs> what, what is the Snickers slogan? Um, what is it? Is there a Snickers There's a slogan? slogan. It's, it's 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 like you're not you when you're hungry. Oh yeah. You're not you're not, you're not you when you're dead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, you're no, not, not you when you're hungry. Yeah, there you go. I'm not me because my soul's in my body. I'm yeah. not me because I'm dead. Because I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many bites it take. Probably just one. Mr. T was wasn't he? Um, part of the advertising campaign for Snickers for a while. You know a lot about Snickers. My dad's always Girl. like, marathon bars on Friday. You know, like people oh, are obsessed with what chocolate it, you're old. used to be called. <laughs> We're going to be doing oh, that I remember too, when a friend was buying food. I remember buying Starburst juice to live my local Odeon. <laughs> <laughs> Going to see the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Best. I need to wait. Um, so we can, we can cut here. No? Oh, one of the... One of the So we've done look at your face today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like his what? His poor no, I wish suffering. she would. Girlfriend. Have you ever fucked your no. Who? God what? Have you ever fucked a, your grand to death? Talk about going out with a bang. Oh hey. doo doo I'm saying it. Hillary, I'm getting a squirt. I love when uh, Jack does that Hillary I'm going to squirt thing when we're just like out and about in the supermarket oh, and he's like Hillary I'm going to squirt That's, I'm, I'm the embarrassing one what can I see um, so talked about Ricky Gervais um, yeah. speaking of violations <laughs> seg uh, speaking of violations Cambridge Analytica Boom. whistleblower Christopher Wiley has yeah. told us what we probably already knew. Mm. We I should, know. if you didn't know. I know. feel like a while, also, a while ago on Facebook, I remember discovering the like wait, advertising preference. So yeah, okay. <laughs> Cambridge Analytica are like essentially oh. a company that sort of Perhaps he's already mine data <laughs> through social media, and then they use that data to sort of build profiles first of all on all the different types of people how those people can be influenced what kinds of things those people care about and they also Individual get this, user profile yeah user profiles they also mine this data through uh, permissions that they used to kind of get around on Facebook where you say you answered a quiz or you sign up for an app you, if, you're, if you're an idiot you could give away permissions both to your profiles and to the profiles of your friends including 
private messages, all kinds of other information, and information on all the things that you clicked on, all the advertising that you clicked on. The problem is, Steve Bannon knows what kind of croissant you are now. And he's advertising his croissants to you. And now you're eating right-wing croissants. <laughs> Did you find oh, out? Oh, because you needed to know what kind of croissant. She's a Danish. Oh. Little free bitch. Great bitch. And I <laughs> make these really weird connections. Like, turn okay, me so over. If you're a customer. Turn over. <laughs> so it's like, no, if you're, if you're a croissant, then that means that you're it's more like a French cheese to toasty. Buy, buy Martins or something. To be like, fair, that I was like the Israel one. The mm. they found all these correlations. One of them was that if you like the I said hate Israel page, you might you like Kit Kats and places and like nice. yeah. And I was like, can't speak about the Kit Kats, but do you like that? Yeah, you do. You can use some nice. And she was like, but what does? But why? And I was like, look at comfy. Yeah. I want to be comfy when I'm tackling Zionism. Mm. Yeah, comfort first. Don't eat Kit Kats though. But, I know. mean, they are built by uh, Bangladeshi women for, uh, I think it's like 72 pence a, sh- a pair of Well, I'll just go and but, fuck myself. But they look the coolest of all the shoes. They are cool. And do you know what, right? Yeah. It gets to a point where it's like, I can't wear shoes, I can't drink drinks. Can't eat food. Well, I just die then. I'll just die. I feel like if I'm giving up Sabra hummus, <laughs> I'll buy myself the odd pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Um, but so I can't. I can't afford really expensive like handmade shoes. I get Gemma's knockoff Nikes in it. She, yeah, and then I give hand them down to Ethical Nikes in it. I've just totally ruined the game for myself in Glasgow now. No one's gonna look at me the same way because I've admitted to buying shoes. Sorry, no one listens to this. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, um, fuck me. We've fuck too real. Fuck too me. real for you. Fuck me. Too offensive. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to find another podcast. Something we, a little less controversial. We a are little bit a, more your speed. We are a podcast of freaks oh, <laughs> and giants. Things that go bump in the night. Ghouls, Frankenstein's. <laughs> You have to watch this video. Oh my god, it's so good! None of this will make sense. Imagine I've watched it so many times. This week. And then they could actually laugh along with these bits. Instead of that just would the be great. Silence. That would be nice. If you're out there, hello! So. I'm shouting into the void, 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 void. Cambridge Analytica. So. <laughs> They're listening. There are listeners. Cambridge but they were specifically. So, yes. uh, uh, there was a lot of controversy because it's been discovered that they may have had some influence in the outcomes of the uh, UK EU referendum and the Trump election. Fake news, baby. Who? 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 So, yeah, Christopher Wiley created this. He has a lot of wiles, I'll tell you that. He's, he's wiley. wiley. And he's wiry. Um, yeah. He's 28. Did you read the like? Yeah. Did you read so the like trajectory of his career? Yeah, he's so a big man. He's gay. Apparently, Steve, Steve, Stephen Bannon. <laughs> Stephen Bannon. <laughs> yeah. Stephen. He loves the fan That's why he's mum. He loves the gay. Yeah, he loves the gay. Why? Why he was into Milo? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he created this. Steve Bannon's gay. Heard it here first. <laughs> Steve Bubbin. <laughs> Bummer, did you just... Bummin! Steve... Stephen Bummin. So Stephen Bummin. Stephen Bummin. Um, <laughs> so this algorithm's been created. Yes. It hacks apps, hacks the data. Basically, data, we're in a sort of, like, ground war. Yeah. Or air war, cyber war, <laughs> over data. Data is the number one asset to yeah. all the it's future psychological warfare, which I feel like I knew all the stuff about data mining, blah, 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 until I sat and I read that article where it referred to it as psychological warfare. Like, well, the, in the US, the, the kind military of the stature of the situation arts, didn't occur to land, me. Land, air, sea, other one, and, and then information. Yeah. Land, air, sea, Land, air, sea, space, information. Information. And it's increasingly important. So we're seeing 
companies. Cambridge Analytica has used sci-fi novels predicted this shit. Well, this is the thing. It's like this could be a conversation about about the nature of data, the nature of data. 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 That's like saying data, like you're a baby. Data. Da 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 Pass me the da da. <laughs> I was sprinkle some on my trip. On oh, my chips. On my chips McCain. Da da On my chips McCain. Anyway, sorry, the da da. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say because you two are idiots. Data warfare, okay, so, it, is it good, is it bad? Well, this, oh yeah, it's basically, you, we can, there's, this is complicated more than just, so the, the current uh, controversy is about whether or not the data was harvested illegally, whether yeah. Facebook knew, yeah. whether the collusion between Robert Mercer, mm. Stephen Bannon, this, this little gay fella, whether, <laughs> <laughs> whether it, whether it's a little twink on the So side. they recreate, you know, the personality app, the mm. quiz. They like recreated it. Yeah, yeah, they recreated sort of al- their algorithms, mm. and they didn't tell people that if you do the quiz, you yeah. don't only get your data, we get your friends' data. Yeah. So it's very easy to uh, uh, exponentially yeah. grow your. We should probably say yeah. that we are recording this on the twenty first of March, as we record this about an hour ago. Mark Zuckerberg released a statement. Mm. Uh, The statement essentially said that before 2014, there were loopholes, uh, data loopholes, that could be taken advantage of, but that they had been reassured by Cambridge Analytica and professor whose name I can't remember, um, that uh, the data had all been deleted and Mm. were sent kind of confirmation to that effect they were going to have to But Christopher Wiley said that the confirmation was literally just have you deleted the thing? Yeah, they were like, yes, send it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was this willful ignorance because if they they admitted that they knew, if or if they investigated further than just They'd have to admit a breach. Yeah, they would have to admit an enormous breach. And obviously... There are like four billionaires heading all of this. So, yeah. Yeah, so at this point in the investigations are trying to discover whether Facebook was actually involved yeah. directly. In yeah. But we know that it is. And yeah. the issue is more, well, the issue seems to be, one, in focusing this hard on um, the influence of data harvesting on recent elections, you're ignoring the, I would say, realer socio-political impl- impact of on those two elections. So Trump, yes, Trump won because he targeted 70,000 people, mm. specifically very volatile people, and swung the vote, because that's mm. how many votes he won the Electoral College by. Mm. But he also was coming off the back of 30 years of neoliberalism, blah, 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 yeah. the deindustrialization of America, blah, all, the, all of the stuff that we know about Trump. And the same thing's true of Brexit. So there's, there was something that I was reading that was saying that um, this ex- the, the very similar tactics were used mm-hmm. by the Obama administration to get yeah. Obama uh, elected, not, the same, not to the same, like, same extent and not quite so criminally, but the voting profiles that Western governments have on their citizens are huge yeah. and varied. I mean, probably it's just clever campaigning. It's clever campaigning. They know, they know like when you're gonna go buy tampons, they know when you're gonna, where you shop, when you yeah. shop, what you buy, uh, who your friends are, I'll what your Steve political- Bannon can... branded tampons, only. Yeah, me too. Just Moon cups, no but yeah. Tampon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So in, okay. <laughs> so so but so so there is a conversation to be had about data. Who owns it? We we. This is like you could make this easily into like yeah. a people versus power mm-hmm. argument again yeah. because we more than ever seemingly kind of we. Facebook would be nothing without its users and mm. and their and their information. We are individual units of power for these people. Yeah. You know, we're not even selling our labour anymore, we're just selling our like experiences, our paths, our yeah. like, hashtag humanity. Yeah. And Chris Wiley described people as being cultural 
like units of culture. Well, when, yeah. when he said that in order to change politics, you need to change culture. And what is culture? Yeah, culture is people, and so people are units of culture. Yeah, Bannon knows very well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's a grab That was the so so yeah, um, you know, like we can have a conversation on who owns a data. There was mm. an interesting thing in Novara. Paul Mason wrote a piece about nationalizing. Facebook, or at least nationalizing data. Mm. Mm. So you have a, somewhere where you put your data, and there are places like banks where, because this is the future, like places yeah. somewhere where you invest. Is it your too far data? gone though? I feel like all of our data just exists well, out there, and it's all just kind of happened before we've known it. And now, I don't know, there's definitely profiles on me, there's definitely profiles on you guys. I have all of my information, jobs and shit on Facebook, like... I mean, the government, like it or not, even before the internet, but especially post the internet, have been compiling information on their citizens. That is just what it means to have a massive centralised form of power in this day and age. But what you can do with proper uh, uh, governments and state power is regulate impose regulations and so like we've given part of the problem here is you have this huge global corporate behemoth Mm. who have a huge amount of actual political power and people are kind of like there's been an incredible amount of like passivity in the political realm because people burying their heads in the sand and Mm. hoping that you know, Facebook will just kind of fix itself or whatever, and just ignoring the fact that there is they have a huge amount of power. This is kind of the, the hopefully, the uh, the bursting of that bubble, and there will be, hopefully, a slow encroachment of regulation into this business, but this is the whole private-public thing. Yeah. It's a, Policy has been very slow to catch up with yeah. the internet in general. I mean, so, aside from, not to be sort of nihilist about the data aspect of it and I sort of feel like well that's that's gone our data is just out there but aside they can regulate from, what's done with it it's not yeah. about it being out there but aside from that like in in sort of real immediate terms what does that kind of having those structures wherein you have different people that are being advertised different things politically swayed in certain directions how, what does that mean for those of us who are trying to kind of have political conversations does it mean that we're just kind of more so talking into our own little void are we we're not going to be able to connect with people outside of our own sort of thought circles anymore yeah surely if all of those things are being trafficked in certain ways to influence different people the left surely are going to be pushed more extreme the right are going to be more extreme everyone's just going to become more fervently believing their own views and there's not going to be a sort of a lack of communication and all this like Mark Zuckerberg is always going on about he wants you know everyone to be connected but in reality it seems like we're all we're all yeah, kind of on this same yeah, platform but we're actually being kind of herd, herded off into our own little like yeah, far left centre left yeah. far right and we all kind of are still existing in those areas but under the guise of social being media, on social media on social media social media that's what it's called. Yeah. Right? No, it's true. Um, Does that mean that like any sort of activist activism is just nullified now? If we're <coughs> social media is still the best way to reach the most people, but are we only preaching to the choir? That's been a worry uh, for a few years. The filter bubble yeah. idea. You you you'll curate a feed that suits your interests. The difference between what's happening in with Kim Jong Lika, for example. Mm-hmm is that they are unknowingly targeting very volatile, emotionally volatile people, people who are, no, not in that way, people who use the <laughs> N-word in private. Well, they're oh, just, okay. they're example, accused or, of actually, so aside from like targeting um, certain persuasive, let's say literature to specific targeted groups, were they actually accused of ever spreading fake news? Fake news, or was it they, they would, information? They yeah, would create They had, they were um, in that interview with Chris Wiley, he was saying that they had an entire team of people who would create content based off of these individual profiles that they would assign to people. But they would say, okay, in order to persuade this person, this is what they react well to. And they would have like video teams, people creating blogs, people creating new, new streams. Yeah. Then they would put that in to 
Mm. They can't put that out onto the internet and then put that into that person's feed. They would specifically curate content and create yeah. that content but just to kind of get of those person. people. And so they wouldn't do it to like a certain. Like, I don't think you know people that we know would be targeted with the same sort of stuff. Yeah. So because we're not the kind of people we wouldn't. I don't think that we would have passed the test yeah. for people that are, are these more like vulnerable. Is like your ex-flatmate. Uh, yes, and she would be absolutely just dumb, open, open-minded, but but not sure of anything, and very very susceptible. The sort of person that believes the last thing that they read. Yeah. On a topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just say it over and over and over again. Yeah, and yeah. and that is more common. But oh yeah, for sure, because most people don't aren't like we're lucky in that we've gone and done sort of courses at university that have trained us in being kind of analytically minded, and most people don't get to have that and. You know, but would but would just go through life just like believing, believing something because but you, you don't, don't you don't need a university course mom. to learn how to yeah to buy the Times magazine. But you don't need, you don't need to go to university it. to. Oh no no, no but, but I'm just but we yeah, just happen to have gone to university yeah. courses that train us in that like yeah, yeah. you don't have to have gone to university. Well, also like it old, helps that we've done we're, courses. We're like internet literate too. Older people often are can be. You know, oh yeah, no, like confused, the fucking you know. comments in an Onion article <laughs> well, is, is proof enough to yeah. tell you that all people are really confused by yeah. click hole and shit like that. Well, you would be, yeah. even though they're actually very online in terms yeah. of like. Jack's granddad's on the compu- computer all the time. It's always on the internet. Yeah. But he like accidentally clicks on stuff and ends up like going on like yeah, websites that probably yeah. are like fake news and accidentally clicking on shit yeah. just because he doesn't realize yeah well there's a difference between like being literate in terms of the mm. insane media cycle mm. and like memes and like online subcultures and all that stuff and reddits and threads and jellies and jellies <laughs> and then there's just like Guess enjoying the experience Interesting bit of investigative journalism. It's yeah. kind of cool that this was all just ignored until an investigative journalist, Carol Cadwall. I don't know how to say her name. Was it Cadwall? No, she's a girl, an observer. Oh, right. Oh, was dispatches were doing something. It's called well, Carol Cadwall. <clears throat> I've read it down, but I, I knew I wouldn't be able to say it because yeah. I never heard it said out loud. I just read it a lot. But she, she, she wrote an article last year called The Great British Brexit Robbery or something yeah. about. Yeah about she'd kind of, she's ended, ended up, she'd been researching uh, things around voting around Brexit and it had led her basically to Cambridge Analytica and Chris she Wiley. found it very shady. She yeah. found Chris Wiley but he'd refused to comment and it had been very this, Wiley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Like well, didn't they go beyond just the data thing though? Didn't, wasn't there that, that undercover um, meeting that, no, it's Alexandra. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was where they were like, specifically. Honey trap them. Yeah, that was like the honey trap. That's when it was yeah. getting like movie yeah. absurd level of like, we're going to plant prostitutes, <coughs> Ukrainian prostitutes yeah. in the opposing. Yeah, yeah well, like. so Cambridge Analytica, <laughs> they did obviously the big things with Trump and Brexit, but they have been influencing elections, elections for like a few years in now. In Ghana and Kenya. Ghana, yeah. two in Kenya. Uh, I imagine it's a lot easier. The elections to do in, in Ghana are pretty dead. fucked at the yeah, best of times. so time. they can. Th- so they'll get hired, and then they'll they'll go to the uh, whoever the opposition is and, and like stage a scandal or make sure they say something on video. I mean, it must be very easy to yeah. do that kind of thing. That'd be fun. Yeah, the, yeah. Me- the media in Ghana <laughs> is like yeah. they don't. You know, in the media of Ghana, it's pretty easy, I think, to to manipulate, and they don't have the same sort of measures that we would have say in, in the BBC to kind of keep things right and they also have a lot of people sort of just whoever can spend the most money I mean the BBC's still shit but oh yeah, no yeah, for yeah. sure but like at least they have a facade Ghana, shit, but like, Ghana's they have, they have, they have the facade of maintaining impartiality because it's like part yeah of yeah but Ghana absolutely isn't I don't know about anywhere else yeah. but the idea of impartiality is I'm just I'm always a bit dubious far. when this kind of thing comes out because there's a lot of you know often rightful moral questions, outrage about what's happening to our democracy. The point of the, the mainstream press version of this is 
this is a direct confrontation and challenge to our democracy. Mm. If we're influencing people without their consent and their knowledge and and we are subtly manipulating them <coughs> in order to vote a certain way and paying companies who aren't beholden to electoral commissions mm -hmm. yeah. uh, to do that, what does that mean for democracy? Important question. But the the democ the the people that help run elections, the people who are brought on board to uh, during during general elections, mm. it's it's dirty. And the, the, ever since tech became a thing, it has been used as much as it can be used to sway votes, to influence people yeah. as much as possible. I mean, politics is fucking ruthless. Yeah. And so there is a sense that um, that we are desperate to think of any reason other than neoliberalism, the breakdown of yeah. communities, the dis the deindustrialization, the 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 financial crash, the austerity, all of these things that led to people not believing so hard in the establishment that yeah. they voted for things like Brexit and Trump. There's a real move that people really don't want to admit all this. A lot easier to just say that there was just yeah. that 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 disinformation was used and people were lied to and that's why they voted for yeah. Trump. I mean, there's always been spin. There is spin. Yeah, I mean, and it's we. We, Even we, if you we didn't have Fox News. Yeah. yeah. Remember all the every time the sun the headlines of the sun during a yeah, general yeah, election yeah, yeah, yeah. period yeah. are disgusting. Yeah. And like there are there's always been a faction of people who think horrible things are incredibly inf influenced by stuff, but it's the job of the left to to offer a cohesive narrative that isn't just resist or um or continue to deregulate or yeah, or, you know, actually offer an alternative. But it is, I mean, it's obviously, this, it's not like we can add more than these no. people are. This situation is dodgy as fuck, and it's scary what data is. It's scary, but part of me is still just like, I feel like there's... Because it doesn't feel there's real. Like, no, there's it like a, such an emotional disconnect between real. like me and my data. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? I guess it's just because it is that insidious. I feel like I tweet more data than they could get out yeah, of my Facebook. I feel like you have that. Because, you know, yeah. it's very easy. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm thinking about in what ways have I been um, manipulated and I think like, oh, well, I'm fucking above that. But am um, I? Yeah. yeah. What, how much... I do want to know what kind of class I am now. You have to go and find that... It wouldn't have been people who are already a bit internet cautious, though. It's people who would just tick yes to everything and mm. use Facebook to sign yeah. into everything. But then when we were we were on Facebook yeah. when we were like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, that's not good. So like I, I would I might have ticked a box when I was sixteen and not realised. Yeah, I'm glad we weren't younger. I mean, I was on MySpace and I was like thirteen. Yeah. Before that was like live drum. There's not much you can really do on live journal in terms of like actual data. But I was on MySpace when I was like 16 and I'm younger than you. Yeah. How, yeah. Old, how old was MySpace a thing? My, well, I remember when I joined MySpace, I was too young to be on MySpace. You were meant to be 14. <laughs> the and age I, of responsibility. And I was, I was 13, so that would have oh, been... I think I had just bitch. turned 13, so it was 2003. Sneaky bitch. 2003, sneaky I joined MySpace. You were a sneaky bitch. Yeah, I've been a sneaky bitch. I thought bitch. I was so above MySpace, I only got it when I was like 18. Oh, I love it. Oh, no, I was like, I was like, like posting notes, posting <laughs> quizzes, posting Then it was like, Russell Brand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mighty bitch, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really into the Libertines at that stage. Oh, yeah, me too. Pete and Carl. The Strokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strokey strokes. Chelsea FC. I used to always like stalk other people's profiles, but I didn't make one for ages. They, you could see who visited your profile. I used to. My thing was doing MySpace quizzes, but answering them all sarcastic, like with funny answers. And everyone's like, oh, I used to like come up to to Glasgow for gigs and like get recognised by other kids off MySpace. And they're like, oh, I've seen you on MySpace. Like. This weird sort of low-level internet fame, but like just between other teenagers at indie gigs in the mid noughties <laughs> so embarrassing. If I was, that's the only level of fame I'd ever want to have. People will get. It was definitely the best fame. level of fame I've ever had. I've had a few different Who types. Pays? What's it? Um, yeah, 
Yeah, no, people did get proper famous on fa- um, later this year on MySpace. Mm. Mm. On MySpace. Workhouse. Yeah. Face space. I'll say. How much time have we done, Uh We've done a long episode. How long? I, I don't know, I need to stop recording okay. this clip um, before I can tell you, but we've done at least. Cool. Anyway, that's our nebulous, yeah. uh, slightly wobbly so, um, take. Yeah. Well, watch your data. Go and... Careful! Careful! <laughs> Careful! You're smell it! You <laughs> smell it! Bloody hell! Watch yourself! Flip oh, it! Yeah, what are you do? Use two hands! You've got this on my laptop. Fuck! Where's the mother? Can I get me tea towel? Tissue, fucking muggins over here. I told you, I told you this would end in tears. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I've got to go and wipe this up now, fucking hell. It's alright, Mark's got it covered. Marky Mark, Mark's up, Kazuki. It's alright, he said it's going to be okay, and he said he's sorry, it's okay. Well, I believe I have a face. Yeah, if anyone had a a full face. He has no face. He has a face, face, but no face. Yeah. <laughs> Protect your data, you dickheads. Nationalise Facebook, oh. nationalise Google. Let's start a petition. There I'm is gonna go and just double down and put some more data on my Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> See yeah. what do what do you wanna do? What do you wanna do about yeah. it? What are you gonna yeah. do with me now? If you if you really want it, you can fucking have it. Let's if this is a competition, Alexa then let's go. that people have started to just hear Alexa laughing. Yes, so weird. You see, so weird. Know, I would laugh. Alexa, uh, Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> People have heard. They have reported like Alexa just unprompted, just laughing. Oh yeah, I have. Do you think it's from when Cardi B was Alexa? She's like, oh come on, Just like a, like a child's laughter. Did I check out that time when my printer was malfunctioning and then it just stopped because it started it printed out a line of smiley faces? Oh, <laughs> I love you, I mom. Was, um, I'm so I love you. Do you miss me? <laughs> Twitter and all that shit, you could probably him. figure it out. It was Just a cat. Search the name Whee! of the podcast. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, some other stuff. Whatever. Please rate and review us. We've been getting some rating without reviews, and if you don't do the review part, then we don't know who you are, and we cannot give you a shout out. We're and I would so love to give you an A up, but instead, I'm gonna have to give you a bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. <laughs>